Email security. Uh, Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign's biggest problem has been about these emails. I'm sure you've heard about it. Uh, what servers were being used, whether or not her aide may have sent highly classified State Department emails to her Yahoo account. Who owns your emails? What should you send by email? Could you send work emails to your personal accounts? Is it okay? Well, we don't know. And so that's why we ask experts to come on the show all the time. In this case, it's Patrick Malcolm. He's a cybersecurity expert with Netrunner Inc., a Canadian cyber defense company uh, based in Ottawa. Am I correct, Patrick? All correct. Welcome to the show and thanks for coming on. First of all, can you give us some insight as to the Hillary Clinton email problem? Well, I mean, uh, let's start off by saying I think that it's fair that most organizations have policies regarding record keeping and security with their emails. And I feel that a lot of people violate those uh, rules by forwarding sensitive emails to their, you know, personal email accounts. I think they do that because um, they want to get something uh, done quickly and they're going to do it at home. Um, With regards to Hillary Clinton, um, the issue really here is, uh, you know, how is, is it going to be determined whether she's complied with the rules, you know, for governing, uh, you know, in terms of transparency, record keeping and security, because the National Archives and Record Administration is supposed to receive all those emails at uh, like a state.gov email address. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know if uh, all of those emails are being collected and preserved. Or where they are. <laughs> or who they were sent to. Or whether or not, if, if someone in the United States made a Freedom of Information Act request, whether they'd be able to get those emails. So let me ask because you this. they were stored privately. Patrick, I mean, even if uh, an email is stored privately, but it's sent uh, through cyberspace, through an LTE network, or even on Wi-Fi, anybody with the knowledge of how to pick those emails out of the air could do it, Correct. Absolutely. So we've got two issues here. We've got an issue of, you know, whether somebody intercepted them unlawfully or whether you transmitted them across someone's uh, system where they have uh, terms and conditions where they say everything that you use uh, in our system belongs to us. I mean, if you read your, um, you know, terms and conditions for, say, Gmail, say, for example, yeah. uh, you agree that they will be able to monitor the contents of your email. So who owns that email? Exactly. So, you know, we talk about that terms and conditions statement that every company has, uh, and we just go, yeah, I accept that. (laughs) What exactly are we accepting there? Well, I think that we don't really have what I would consider informed consent, right? So I tell my clients, if you're using a service for free, you know, it's not altruism. They're, they're, They're getting something from you. Uh, So whether you're using an email service or, uh, you know, cloud service or uh, even search engine services, you're providing valuable um, information uh, to the persons collecting it under the terms and conditions. So let's talk a bit about work emails. I mean, I think most of us have a work email. Uh, Does the company you work for, are they allowed to peruse those emails? Because there's all kinds of warnings. Uh, maybe not necessarily warnings, just, you know, statements uh, before you even open the email that says this, your privacy, you're not entitled to privacy on this. Uh, do companies actually do that? Do they look at people's emails just to see what they're talking about? Well, um, th- the short answer is yes. Um, but, but the sort of longer answer is um, it very much depends on the size of the organization and the sophistication of their policies. Um, now, they're not looking through people's emails looking for some gossip. What they'll do is um, 
sort of a wide data surveillance uh, approach, which means that they'll look for anybody who is transmitting, say, something that is sensitive. So they'll have uh, like a data loss prevention strategy. So if some document gets transmitted out of the organization that contains the word, say, confidential, uh, then that that message would be blocked at the firewall before it even gets out of the organization. So this would be, you know, surveilling emails, but it's it's done by computers and it's done with rules rather than it's a, a person like myself looking at people's emails. So they're looking for flags, they're looking for keywords, and that'll get stopped before they ever look at it, right? Absolutely. They're looking for something that, that they're anticipating. But, of course, things get past those basic filters, and in some organizations they don't even have those filters. People are, are left on their own to make the determination. And the problem is, you know, I might think that this isn't a big deal, so I'll forward an important document out in the world um, because I'm making a decision about the risk of this document being sent out based on my understanding of the risk. All right, so and let's it's possible that other people might feel that uh, you made a bad decision. We'll talk about confidential uh, information being passed along in a Yahoo account or a Gmail or Hotmail account. I mean, who is looking at that before it finally gets to its destination? Anybody? Well, yeah. Um, uh, I think, again, this is another issue. Like, if I have um, a case where information is stored in either Gmail or Yahoo or wherever, uh, I have to make uh, an application, or not me personally, but the lawyer would make an application to get the assets out of wherever it happens to be because it belongs to this other company. And then we may ask for them to destroy that record by saying we're the lawful owner uh, of the original communication, and we would like them to comply with our request. But depending on which country you're dealing with and where the data is being served, uh, um, data jurisdiction, I guess, is the is the is a, is the key word. Where is the data, and, and who owns it, and under what you know uh, uh, rules of interaction are there going to be with that data? And we have no idea where our information gets shunted once we send it, right? I mean, there could be servers all over the world. Absolutely. So what will happen is uh, we'll send something into the proverbial cloud, you know, uh, so described as uh, as being this sort of, you know, un, un, undefined sort of weird thing. We just send it up there and we have no idea where it is. It could be it could be in Malaysia. It could be in Canada. It could be in the United States. We have no idea of knowing where it's going to be. And it's very difficult from a forensics and legal perspective to, you know, trace that data down. So there are rules in Canada for data crossing borders. Uh, so uh, the Canadian government would enact a, a rule with whatever service provider they have to make them keep the data within the legal jurisdiction of Canada so that these problems don't arise. But if it's in Malaysia or a country with no rules, you're pretty much pooched. That's correct. It could be in a country where we don't have a good political rapport. Um, you know, I mean, if you imagine uh, we're using a service provider that's in another country, say mostly United States, then all of our data falls under jurisdiction of the United States. And they, they have the right to invade our privacy if one side is foreign, uh, which means that they look at the communication and they say, well, it's a Canadian talking to a Canadian going across our networks. Therefore, we have the right to apply these laws to invade that privacy. That's alarming. Uh, if, if only one person is, uh, is foreign as Canadian talking to an American, they go, well, then that's also okay. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a prickly subject when it comes to transmitting email, particularly to services that are in the United States, because the laws are not the same. We're talking to Patrick Malcolm. He's a cybersecurity expert at Netrunner, Inc., a Canadian cyber defense company. So is there any way that we can avoid any of this stuff altogether? 
Yeah, I would suggest that uh, people comply with the, the rules that were set up by the company and use the email for the purposes uh, that were set out and use personal email for personal things and recognize that maybe some of the services that you're using is going to um, disclose information about your communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about getting your own personal server? That well, that's, a, that's also a possibility, but it's, uh, you know, it's something that Hillary Clinton decided to do, and, and look at the mess she's in now. Yeah, that's true. But then again, not, not a lot of us are running for president of the United States, right? A fair statement. Um, but even still, personal stuff. I don't want anybody else reading the personal stuff I send to my girlfriend. We could be talking about anything. Right. I mean, is, right. is this how the celebrities get their pictures, their naked pictures stolen from these hackers? Yeah. yeah, that's sometimes the way it happens. But like, I'll give you a personal story. OK, I advise my son to be careful about communications between him and, say, a girl he likes, because the communications between those two individuals is going to be monitored um, in Canada. So if, if, say, one of them decided to send a, a risque picture to one another, mm. uh, they're both minors. And uh, so this could potentially become a criminal act. Um, even though one of them might be taking a picture of themselves, they may be charged with you know, production and distribution of inappropriate uh, contraband images. And then they can be charged. Uh, and that has happened. Well, my own email server, or maybe what we tell kids all the time, use your brains. <laughs> yeah, use your brains. Or, or, you know, like, why does it have to be documented? That's my, that was my question to my son. You know, like, if you like a girl and, um, and she likes you, you know, take that, take that uh, privately. You know, don't, don't involve the telecommunications infrastructure. Tell it to her face. Exactly. <laughs> Patrick, thanks for taking the time to talk to us this morning. We appreciate it. My, my pleasure. All right. There's Patrick Malcolm. He's a cybersecurity expert at Netrunner. We'll have to have him on again in regards to credit card numbers. Is it safe to put yours out there? With a Canadian cyber defense company, again, Netrunner.